Respectfully. 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 A Melanated Therapist. Welcome in and welcome home, family. I'm Rade. And I'm Dimitri. And this is Respectfully, a Melanated Therapist podcast. Just a quick disclaimer, this is not therapy. We are just two people doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information in our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction. So what's up, fam? Welcome to season two of our podcast. We are so happy to be back and we just want to say thank you for continuing to listen to our podcast. All right, fam. So today we will be talking about athletes and mental health. So I would like to speak to you guys a little bit about what we're bringing here to the show today. And we want to make sure that we're having an important conversation around this in particular, while also acknowledging that our guests today are Black men. And we want to respect, you know, who they are first, as well as acknowledging what their profession is um, as professional athletes. So to help us navigate this conversation, uh, we have invited two special guests for our episode today. Uh, We have Trenton Bridges. He is currently playing arena football until the XFL returns. And we have Buddy Howell, currently in the NFL and Super Bowl 56 champion. So welcome, you guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you for having me. All right. So who would like to kick us off with, you know, who you are and social media handles, all the good stuff? Let's see. He got a Super Bowl ring, so I ain't trying to come behind that. I'll go ahead. I feel that, Trent. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> oh, man. But now I'm, um, I'm Trent Bridges um, from D-Land, Florida, which is about 20 minutes from Daytona Beach. Um Went to attended, graduated Bethune Cookman University um, back in 2018. Uh, my social media handles, uh, my Instagram is at forever2live4eva2live. And my Twitter is Trent the Event. Thank you. What about you, buddy? All right. I'm Buddy Howell from Miami, Florida. Um, attended Florida Atlanta University. Graduated with my degree in business management and leadership with a minor in accounting. Um, I've been in the league for four years. Just finished my last season. Won a Super Bowl with the LA Rams. My Instagram handle is CG Savage Eight, and my Twitter handle is Gregory CG Eight, I believe. Awesome, awesome! Thank you for that. So, you know, fam, as Rade stated, we will be discussing athletes and mental health on today's episode. So, I just kind of want to throw some facts at you. So, according to a recent study by Athletes for Hope. of all college students experience significant symptoms of depression, anxiety, or other mental health conditions. And among that group, only 30% seek help. But among college athletes with mental health conditions, only 10% seek help. So when discussing professional athletes, 35% of those suffer from mental health challenges, which may manifest as stress, eating disorders, burnout, depression, and anxiety. So generally speaking, mental health challenges among athletes tend to go unreported and are not recognized as important due to being overshadowed by the focus of performance. As such, we asked Trent and Buddy to join the discussion on mental health and its intersectionality with athleticism. So before we look at your experience and what that has been like in a professional setting for both of you, we would like to kind of touch on your college experiences a bit. Um, While playing in college or while playing college football, 
What was your experience with mental health? And once you went pro, did it remain the same or change in any way? I'll go ahead. Um, in college, I actually dealt, I dealt with it myself, basically being a guy and they switching roles and having somebody else be the guy and you kind of sitting sidelines. It's like one of those things where, shoot, you don't know what's wrong. Everybody's there to work. Everybody's going to school. So everybody's there. It's no real release from anything. So shoot, having to sit there and like you said, they have resources, but it's like getting to them kind of felt, you know, far-fetched. And my best resource was my mom. She was the one that kept my head in the game. She's the one that, you know, gave me that <clears throat> security to know, like, whatever decision I made was what I, you know, I felt I felt good with it. So, you know, it's resources out there. But, man, like I say, that mental health thing, like, I really was down. I felt like I was depressed. I think I was depressed because I was losing weight. I was out of it. And I felt like I couldn't control anything. I felt like I was giving my all. <clears throat> and then having that, having that hiccup in college kind of helped me in the league because, shoot, when you work, for no money, you know what I'm saying? It's a stress. But then once you get to the NFL and you you working for pay, it kind of like, you know, where I'm from, that's what we go, that's what we work for to try to get the money and, you know, provide for our family. So that helped, you know, that mental part because having that mental hiccup in college where it's like, that's not the purpose. You're really just going to school and you playing and what it is is what it is. Man, I ain't know what to do. I'm going to be honest. I was giving my all in practice. I was giving my all every day and it was the same outcome i wasn't playing for a couple weeks until you know the person in front of me got hurt and then i was presented with the opportunity again but man it's it's tough it's real it's definitely real and i feel like having a good group of people around you such as friends and family people you can talk to and tell the real to is the best thing i had and not feeling afraid of like them being disappointed because if you don't really you know love them you'll feel that type of way, you know what I'm saying? Or they, if you don't feel that love from them, you'll feel like you're disappointing them. But my, with my mama, keep it, keeping it real. Keeping it real with her in a situation, that helped me, you know, get past that. And, you know, having faith in the man above also helped. Amen. No, yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing that. Um, before we start asking y'all follow-up questions, we'll let you go, Trent. <laughs> All right. So mine, my uh, mental health uh, battle kind of started before I got to college. Mine was in high school. So my senior year of high school, you know, I'm getting offered up. You know, that junior year, real important. So my junior year, I did what I had to do on the field. Senior year, I think it was the third game, tore my ACL. So all the offers, big schools went away. Um, I still had a couple schools still on me, recruiting me and stuff like that. But, like, the mental health of trying to juggle where am I about to go, how do I handle this injury, um, do I want to go two years and transfer? Like things like that was kind of weighing on me a lot. So ended up making the decision to go to Bethune Cookman University. Great decision, by the way. Um, but when I got there, I didn't even know what red shirting was. So then I got slapped in the face again. It's like, so for people who don't know, red shirting, um, basically you're on the team, you do workouts, you go to study hall, you go to practice, you do everything the team does. You just don't participate in games or you participate in a certain amount of games so you can retain your eligibility for four more years. So my freshman year came in. That was a slap in the face. Um, and then kind of how Buddy did. Um, I was the man. I was that guy for like the next three years. Senior year rolls around. Um, kind of similar situation. Like I said, uh, they recruited another guy to come in. We were playing a 4-3 defense at first. They switched it up to a different type of defense, which requires more defensive backs on the field. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I had to go on the sideline for more than I was used to for a while. So 
I was down in the dumps by that too, man. I was hanging my head low. You go from being that guy winning two championships, being the leading tackler, all that, to now you're like a package player. So that mental health aspect is really, it really plays a big part in that. But like, like we all know, God doesn't make mistakes. So just had to keep my head down, grind, and keep praying. And so Amen. how would you say that impacted your professional career so far? Um, it, It's good and bad. Uh, the good things is it taught me, you know, how to deal with adversity. Um, Just to keep going, keep keep going with the punches. Um, Eventually, it can't rain forever, right? So that's kind of the mentality I had with that. On the other side, I feel like it kind of derailed me a little bit because I didn't get my senior year in full. Um, with my statistics and my numbers and all that type of stuff. So, okay, okay, and I got, I got a qu- uh, follow up question for Buddy. So, when you know, at the end of the day, you know, I know you all are teammates, right? So, you mm-hmm. know, your teammate gets hurt, but then that puts you in a that gives you the opportunity to kind of step up. So, how do you make that transition, kind of knowing that, dang, my teammate got hurt, but now I got a job to do? It was kind of hard for me because I was like the leader of the group mm-hmm. in a way. So for the leader, you know, to have this role or where you playing like crazy, then you got like three games where you barely get the ball probably like three or four times. I got to keep this, you feel me, this face of like, come on. And we was losing too. So I got to a point where we was in the locker room at halftime. My coach tried to talk to me. I know I ain't getting that type stuff. And I'm showing it. I got a towel over my head, but this is not me. Mm-hmm. It's not my character. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't, man. I was feeling so bad. I mean, I, I, I wasn't with it. I just, I just, I guess I was fed up. I didn't understand it. And going through that, man, it made everything in the NFL child's play, honestly, because mm-hmm. I, was a, I was a kid still. Mm-hmm. It's a young boy, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. being from Miami, we already experienced so much. The worst of the worst, how I feel, and so much. So <laughs> that situation, it just like, man, I just had to see people for what they are. I didn't get mad at the coaches. I just didn't like that. I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. But I was in a dark place. Having my mom help me, you feel me? Uh, it allowed me to, you know, feel comfortable and feel comfortable mm-hmm. with my decisions. But to be honest, man, like everything after that, it's like I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to try me. Like I'm like anticipating it <laughs> because I felt like I was tried in college with that situation. So it's like anticipating it and trying to outwork the situation so it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it did to me. But in the time being, it's like, man, it's like, what can you do? Yeah. They got control over everything. You can just go to practice and work hard. And when you're the leader of the group, it's like, how am I supposed to smile when I'm truly not happy? Yeah. And to give like, perspective my senior year it was kind of the same thing but we were winning but when we losing it's a whole different feeling Mm -hmm. like it's really bad and it makes you want to abort your teammate but i'm a team player Mm -hmm. i don't want to leave my school you know what i'm saying i don't want to leave here i want to be there but man like i say the men above presented me with an opportunity that you know i did what i had to do and everything panned out in the long run i want to say like for some perspective y'all like i've known buddy since i don't know how long don't it don't even matter. So <laughs> all I'm saying here is is like I think he has always been in a leadership role. And so I think for me, I'm actually I wasn't expecting that. I mean, granted, you shouldn't expect, you know, <laughs> what people's mental health is like, of course. But I just definitely uh-huh. wasn't expecting that because you have always been a smile, you've always been leadership roles kind of thing. And so it doesn't but I am glad that you utilize your resource in the best way that you could have right and so yeah for you Trent I would like to know or I think we would like to know what kind of resources did you find yourself using did you lean on anyone if so what did that look like and was that 
harder for you? Oh, uh, no, not really. Um, I leaned on my mother as well. You know, like I said, I'm 20 minutes from home. So anytime I pick up the phone to call her or I'll talk to a couple of my coaches, a couple of my coaches are my frat brothers. So, you know, we touched and communicated in, in terms of that. Um, also, like going to an HBCU, it's like a big family atmosphere. I know a lot of people say that, but some people don't quite understand it. Like the administration <laughs> people, you got the same people that's teaching your class are some of the same people that you see Bible study chapel you might see them in the grocery store in the neighborhood later on that night you know what i'm saying so it feels like a big family atmosphere so i was real comfortable um talking to those people as well as my mother okay thank you cool okay so next question can you all share your experience regarding the expectations of self-image and performance that comes along with being a professional athlete and how that kind of impacts the mental health of you and your teammates um, if you want me to take it, I'll take off. Basically, for me, it's like when you get to that level and when you get to that, you feel me, that that high level of, like, you know, sports, it kind of depends on the position, where you're drafted and stuff like that, or how you live your life. Because, honestly, me being undrafted is like I live the same way as I lived before. Nobody can bother me. The only time they really got me is when I'm in the building. And all I do is, you know, I love the community service work. That keeps me in tune with just life. and. Other than that, it's, it depends on the person. I'm from Miami. We've been out here long enough. We know what it's like to be outside. So for me, I'm I'm cool. You know, I can stay out the way. I can enjoy my family. I can enjoy the labels of the work and the labels of the game and just the outside stuff. So honestly, it depends on the person. But you have to have a strong mental because me going through what I went through, I know my mental is strong because I know it's a lot of things that it's many talented people that hit the league and probably didn't survive just because of up here. Mm-hmm. just because of the role that they were presented with and they wasn't digging it. So understanding my role and playing my role to the fullest and being grateful for just the opportunity, mm-hmm. that's what helped me. I'm just grateful to be here. If I tell myself that every day, man, I can't trip. It yeah. gets hard sometimes, but as long as you stay grateful and know that I'm here, the 1%, and the people that can't do it and the people that's unable to do it because of health issues and stuff like that, like, why would I kind of down myself and be ungrateful? Which is hard to get to that point but I got to that point to where I understand that no matter what the situation is, no matter what happens, I'll be fine. And at the end of the day, I'm a great teammate to my teammates. So they love me. I love them. We have a good time when we around each other because you spend a lot of time with them doing. So you got to build some type of bond because it's kind of like you versus the building type thing. Mm. So, you know, just keep great relationships. And as long as you keep a positive energy about yourself, it's kind of hard to get back in that dark hole. But you have to go through it and know that you have people around you to help you to understand it. Because when I was in it, I already know what time it is when other people get in it because it was tough for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be a strong person mentally. So it's like, OK, for those who don't know what's going on or what's the next step, it's like, OK, they got to find themselves. But me, what I try to do, I try to bring every young person up under my wing, everybody that's up under my wing that probably got those jitters of not knowing what's next. And I just try to give them free game. And I just tell them, man, listen, you only could do what you can do. Mm-hmm. outside of that the stuff that people kind of panic about is the outside judgment you can't can't do nothing about that take your best step forward and it is what it is after that and once i kind of understood that and i kind of shared that message with amongst people mm-hmm. man we only can do what we can do when you stress about stuff that you can't control that's really what take us and derails up off our path mm-hmm. mm. i can agree with that yeah same what about you trent <laughs> okay so um at the end of the day we have to realize that this is our job now, you know, so 
you have to keep yourself in the, in my personal experience, you have to keep yourself in a different, I don't want to say bracket, but a different, I'll just say bracket, forget it. You have to be in a different bracket, you know, as you go out in the public, you go um, community service or just in the game, like you have people looking up to you, right? You have youngsters looking up to you. I got a nephew looking up to me directly. I got little sisters, like certain things we can't do, certain things we shouldn't do. But um, at the end of the day, the way I see it, um, we just have to realize that this is a game as well. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, there are people out there who have real life problems, like especially with the pandemic and everything. Like people are really losing their houses. Mm-hmm. They're dying. It's things like that. Like we have to understand mm-hmm. the opportunities that we're blessed with and just take advantage of those opportunities. Like anytime I can give back in my community, I try to do that as much as possible because me growing up without a father figure in my life, football and my football coaches, they were that role for me. So I try to do that to the younger generation. Cool, cool. And I actually um have um a, a follow up. Well, um, so as a black man, this is for both of you all, um, do you notice a certain pressure as a professional athlete being black? Well, I feel like depends on where you're from. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Trent. Oh well, I was just gonna say, um, it just depends on honestly who you are and just the type of mentality that you have. Like me personally, I look at it as being a black man, we we're known for dominating sports. We're known for going out mm-hmm. there and being the best, the best athletes on the field. I feel like we get undermined, like under undermined on our mental power, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. as far as mm-hmm. the physical aspect goes, we always, oh, he's He's the black kid. He's the big black kid. You know, he's going to be the fastest. He's going to be the strongest. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. Mm. And for me, it's more like, man, honestly, like, a lot of people look at us like we're not human beings. Mm. Like we, you know, some superpowers or we don't (laughs) work for what we have. Machines and we don't really work to get with what we got. And like I say, man, it's honestly, when you're in a position that, you do things that other people haven't experienced and they don't know what it's like to go through these things to get to where you you got, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If you listen to all the outside noise, that's the that's the stuff that'll make you doubt yourself or make you feel less of yourself, honestly. So honestly, if you just stay focused on what you're doing, and like I tell the kids now, man, when I was growing up, I just wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing now. I don't play for money. I just want to play. Like I go out there to compete and help my team win. So if you could just stay in that realm of like knowing the purpose and living your life, how you live your life, you know what I'm saying? Doing what you do and staying within yourself and not trying to be somebody else. You're pretty much good, man. And that's the problem everybody else has. They're trying to be somebody else or they're not comfortable being themselves or they feel like they got to keep an image up for, you know, but like you said, you can't, it's certain things you can't do mm-hmm. because we do got people looking up to us. So mm-hmm. with that like pressure on you, it's like, man, you could look at it two ways. You can look at it as like, a good thing that I have kids up under me looking up to me and I have something to work towards and work for to make me better. Mm-hmm. Or you could kind of be sad and scared of the pressure that all these people possibly can see you fail. And that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing coming from Miami that I realized, man, it's like they clown you for that mm-hmm. easily. You lose, you go down, they're going to clown you for that. So me being a winner in that aspect of like winning the Super Bowl is like, man, I finally like feel like I got the respect of people knowing that you do what you do for a purpose. And mm-hmm. I feel that not only did I win, but everybody won around me. Mm-hmm. Cause everybody bright up a smile about it. So man, I'm just grateful for that. But like he said, man, you gotta, 
you got to understand what you're doing. You got to understand who's watching you. But man, if you living right and you just enjoying time, you can have fun. You can have a lot of fun mm-hmm. because people look at you a different way. So it's a privilege too because mm-hmm. you know they look at you like you you're an athlete as a super person. But I do try to get them to understand like man, I'm a super person, whatever. But I'm a human being. I'm just like you. So I try to mm-hmm. make people feel like me because at the end of the day, we all human. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> ain't nothing really truly special about us. It's just that some of us got God given gifts and we work to get to what we got and. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, man, that atmosphere, you can't let it swallow you. You mm-hmm. got to kind of just be you. If you be you, generally in any phase of life, you'll be all right. Yeah, I 1,000% agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> And definitely. appreciate you saying that. I feel like this is a little twofold here because you just, so <laughs> you feel like, or it took you winning a Super Bowl for people to be more supportive and excited about your accomplishments overall? I've been in the league for four years. I won the Super Bowl. Trust me, I'm from Miami. I know when I feel the love. I know when I feel. Yeah. Until the Super Bowl, man, probably half of, the, half of the people I know didn't know where I was. You know what I'm saying? I only mm. post my updates to let them know where I'm at. That's really what I do for my family. But, man, coming from Miami, they don't really praise you until you win something big. They could have been praising me the whole time being an undrafted kid in the league from Miami. Mm-hmm. You get what mm. I'm saying? But, you know, I felt a different phase when I won. Now they listen. Now my words matter. Although I was somebody of credibility my whole life, but, like, now I see, like, even the kids. Mm-hmm. You're a Super Bowl champion and you undrafted, it's still like, oh, man. But before it was like, you know, they going to listen. He played football, but now I can stop playing football forever and I still have that credibility just because of a championship. People see me differently just because of that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So. Once I experienced that and I understood that, it's like, man, whatever. I'm going to give the good energy off. Right. We can choose to give off the good or the bad or feel like, man, forget them. Nah, I ain't going to do that. Welcome everybody. Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's celebrate together because only at the end of the day, I feel better with people with me than to be feeling like I'm the only one and everybody against mm-hmm. me. So I just welcome everybody to be them. I show them that I was me the entire time. And I try to show them that, shoot, I wasn't the number one draft pick. I was an undrafted guy. I did it off of nothing. Honestly, if you want to say, if you want to put it in that perspective. But yeah, nah, it's sad, but that's how Miami is. Until you truly do something that's... Now, I'm not going to say I didn't have support. People support along the way, but the, the big what you're getting way, now. once I won, yeah, now nah, I know that now what I when I do things, it, it means something, it stands for something, and the kids pay a little bit more attention. So it's a God's given thing that I was in a position to win so I could give back the way I want to give back, which is organic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell them the real and let them know what's ahead of them so they're prepared for the ups and downs. Y'all are both right to recognize definitely the privilege that comes with this. So, yeah. Yeah. And all I was going to say is that, you know, I know both uh, Rade and, and Buddy are from Miami, but, you know, I feel like that's a, a Black community thing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that, you know, the platform that you our own buddy it's the same one you've always been on but now it just exactly. seems like now that you after you won the super bowl now you know people are actually focusing in on the platform that mm-hmm. you had already been on and i think that exactly you know that's you know i'm glad you kind of talked about it because i feel it's important for you know especially other members of the black community to know that we should be uplifting each other regardless of how big someone may mm-hmm. perceive an accomplishment to be because like you said exactly. like you weren't in the draft but you you did it on your own strength, 
You know what I mean? So that should be celebrated mm-hmm. just like that Super Bowl win should be celebrated. You know, and I, I and I understand, right. you know, a Super Bowl is big, you know, that's like top yeah, tier, sure. you know, status. You right, right. But at the same time, like it's a lot of work that goes into getting to that place. So and the platform was mm-hmm. the same the whole time. Um, exactly. You know, with that kind of talking about self-image, do you feel that you all have to look like I know you guys work out a lot, but do you feel like you have to look a certain way physically to avoid negative criticism or judgment or anything from like your coaches or the well, team or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a part of the business. I was like, honestly, like if to break it short, like, all right. I came in at 200 pounds and I come back 230. You're going to be like, okay, you know, you're a little, can you move? Can you do the same thing that we asked you? So it's, it's, it's more of a like, you know, a responsibility thing. Gotcha. For real. It's okay. a job. Now you're getting paid for in college. You could do that. And they'll find a way to make you work somewhere. But in the NFL, it's like, mm-hmm. we got you at top tier. You're youngest. You're fresh. Mm-hmm. You're going to try to stay as fresh as you can for as long as you can. As soon as you start adding that weight with age. Hey man, <laughs> start taking, start knocking yourself down. So it's a self thing that this the, the teams kind of organize it to where they tell you to come back in a certain way. But it's more like when you look in that mirror, you know what you're going against. Social media gotcha. let us know every day somebody out there doing the same thing I do. So why would I, yeah. you know, just sit there and ice cream it out until you feel me? Yeah. <laughs> Myself out the game. So now, nah, yeah, it's, it's really one of those things where nice. you look at yourself, you're an athlete. We can't, we can't. We can't sit down. We can't chill out. But as soon as we see somebody else doing something, that junk is it's a switch that hit us that make us like, okay, we can't, we gotta get up. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, I actually before you answer this question, Trent, um <laughs> I wanna preface this before you answer this question with I think you you know, I've been around you long enough at this point and I always see you working out. So really, I'm excited to hear this answer because this that's all this man posts on social media. <laughs> Gotta let me know I ain't falling off. <laughs> Man, you silly boy. <laughs> all right, Trent. So so yeah, how does this how does that impact you? From a personal standpoint, like you automatically have to be in shape to perform like it's a it's a different especially with tiktok and all this stuff going on now you got people that train for looks you got people that train for um performance right so i look at it as why can't i have both when i'm training like i want to look good feel good and play good so you have some guys that i don't, I don't mm-hmm. want to call out names or anything like that but you have some guys that'll be in the league and you'll see them on the street you'll be like in the league like like what like you know like he in shape to play you know what i'm saying but I definitely think it's it's some weight that comes with being a professional athlete as far as how your physical looks like. When somebody sees me, like, right, you already know how, how my friends do. So whenever they see me, they're like, oh, this, this man get bigger every time I see him. He he this, he that. But, you know, I, I take pride in being, like, in shape and um and fit. But I also take even more pride in being ready to go on the field, like, performance-wise and things of that nature. Cool, cool. So I and so I got a question in reverse. So you know, all football football players are not created equal in size. So you know, you have some that are bigger than others, and then you have some more that are more lean. So 
would it ever be an issue? Like, let's say, you know, I'm one of the bigger stocky players and then I come back and I'm a little smaller. Like, is, would that be problematic or would they be like, cool, if you, you if lost weight? If you're doing your job correctly, it should be a problem. But as soon as you're not doing your job, they're going to okay. look at you like, uh, hey, bro, you need you might want to put them 30 back on. Like, you're getting a little manhandled out here. <laughs> yeah, like, where is that weight, honey? <laughs> right. Like, you ain't knocking them over like you was before, you know. You don't focus right now. Like, okay. Nah, that ain't it. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> right. You got to even think about it like this. Like, even the big boys, the big boys have a weight that they have to weigh in at. Mm. And sometimes they too light, like them boy gotta go eat some dinner. Like it's <laughs> dudes that they try to make gain weight to you know get bigger, and it's dudes that they try to maintain, and it's dudes that they try to cut. You know because you get mm-hmm. when you start to add weight on and lose weight like that, your body move a little different. Mm-hmm. When you add, it feel a little different, and more injuries come. But when you lose, you feel fresh though. But it's like when you get in that battle, that push and push mm-hmm. me versus you, you gonna feel a little light in the tail. Sometimes, so <laughs> if you can do your job, you know what I'm saying, you can handle your job and stay efficient, it's fine. But most of the time, you stay around that. You got like 15 minutes, 15 pounds of grace. Gotcha. You stay within that frame of 15 pounds, you'll be all right. As soon as you start to do 20 plus or 20 minus, then you yourself going to start to feel sick because how that sport is, it's fast impact, short, fast impact. So like mm-hmm. for you to lose like 20 pounds, I think you're going to be out there. Feeling the same, you might be more efficient, but I don't know. It just, you got to be able to do your job. Because I was one of those where I lost weight and I felt a little, I ain't going to say light, but I knew when I was bigger, I was tussling people more easier. You know what I'm saying? I would knock people over like nothing. Mm-hmm. But I lost a little weight. I'm like, hold on, I'm starting to feel this. Like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> and that's within 15 pounds, you get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you got to know how to adjust. But the thing about losing weight and gaining weight, you got to like not just do it at one time. If you do it over a period, Mm-hmm. And you gradually, you get what I'm saying? You'll be all right. But that just gaining 30 just because you want to sit down two weeks and <laughs> eat. When you try to get back right, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt and for you, sure. And you're going to start getting fined, too. Fine. Hey, they, fine. They fine. charge you let's, by the pound. Let's by talk the about pound this. That you're over. Let's talk about if this. I'm glad we're having this discussion. Right. Because, <laughs> listen, we just <laughs> watch the football games. You right. know, we we, we we decorate our house. We get the jerseys. And we just enjoy watching y'all yes. play, man. We don't know about what? all the stuff in the background. Okay, Beach. please hold. I know that finds earth me. We know that my partner, my fiance, he's, you know, football world. So I'm aware, right? But wait a minute, y'all get fined by the pound. By the pound. So yeah. if you over, what if you're over? So what is the like average amount that you would get fined? Them people talking about five hundred dollars stuff like that. Well, like yeah, they talking bread. No they find you. They taking bread. Yeah, they like taking thousands? bread. So it's serious. He said like five hundred dollars a pound. Like a pound. Like, you could get up to that. And it also wow. depends on the scheme you're in, too. Wait. Like, some teams, like, for me, I play linebacker, mm-hmm. right? So, for my, some teams' preferences, like, he can attest to this, too. In his division, they're they're a little lighter. You know what I'm saying? They, linebackers over there are probably, like, 220, 230 they're at the most. They're not big. They're not that big. They're moving, though. They're they running around. Now, on the other side of that, you got another, the other division, they're a little more, they're a little heavier, right? Mm-hmm. So, you can have somebody get traded from one team to another. And now you got to put on that weight like that, or you got to lose it like that, or you're going to get fined. Wow. That's just how it goes. What? That's just how it goes. Yeah. So, like, this is the, I think, on, as an outsider looking in, when you say, like, 
superhero, right? Or when you say like a machine, not looking at somebody like they're human, this is what I'm thinking about. Like, because I mm-hmm. think that's wild to me. Like, it is. in order for you to be on my team, you need to be at this weight. Like, I don't care how you think about it, what you feel about it. This is what it is. This is the position you play. That's it. There's no room for Listen, choice. It's it's giving you me real army vibes. Real <laughs> army vibes. Like, we tell y'all what to do. What right, right. I ain't... No, all right. I'm going to be real. It's not as bad as people make it seem if you take care of yourself and priorities. Prioritizing things and you do the right thing. Because I haven't had gotcha. one. I haven't got fine yet. And I've been in a situation where I've been in a place where if they know you, they're they'll they'll understand. So like say if you come back mm-hmm. two pounds or if you come back under it's a relationship thing too at the end of the day. But you got some organizations that ain't gonna play with you. They're mm-hmm. not gonna be lenient and when you're a young rookie, that's when they try to get you the most because you gotta understand it. Gotcha. But like I say, man, okay. it's a professional job that, you know, we all get paid to do. So if you came in at two twenty and then when I talk to you and I tell you at your exit meeting we would like you for you to come back at maybe 215 or give you like five pounds so that you don't have to sit your whole break and try to starve yourself, come back at 225 and we'll work you back down. It's like that. So it's not as like how y'all think about it, but it's some dudes who parlay and lose it and come back and it's like, whoa, 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 I'm 10 pounds over? What you was doing? Okay. So this But is, if you like five or like three, this is a like considerate thing, but more of you know, if you just really not paying attention to your do- job or doing your due diligence about keeping a certain weight based on the contract that you signed and knowing what your role is. Yeah. Okay. You leave and you sign, you like, you agree to the weight, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They give you a weight that you probably are at and they give you some grace pounds, you know what I'm saying? To, so you can wiggle. But it's like, if you paying that fine, yeah, dog. You, hey, responsibilities. It's a job. You get paid a lot, but you still got responsibilities that you got to take yeah. care of. So it's like a lot of dudes, they'll take that fine just because, you know, they can get right and it's never too late. But for guys like me, undrafted, I don't got time for that. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to be telling these guys that, oh, I could pay it. Like, nah, I, 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 I'm trying to get every dollar. But you got dudes who they get that signing bonus and they vested into that organization big time. You can't really do too much because you will lose money trying to get rid of them. So if they do come back a little bit heavier and then they work their way down, we grown man, man. We know what we got to do. We understand mm-hmm. our um, priorities and the things that we have to take care of. So, yeah, it's wild. But on the flip side, if you responsible, it's like, man, you'll be all right. But slip up if you want to. They make you pay. <laughs> it's going to wow. Well, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, understandable. I think I kind of have to equate this to like, you know, our continuing of learning and like having to do things that are our responsibility to make sure that we are like treating people ethically and like all of those things that we have. I get like, that, but I'm, have to, I'm hungry. But... I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I get that, but I'm hungry. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's to the point where it's the point where like we all got like portable saunas. To where Ooh. like we love to eat, we love to do that stuff to where like we'll get in the sauna or we'll do all that before we go home mm-hmm. so that we know that we can we can have our little meal. Mm-hmm. Like that's our way to like, you know, gotcha. manage that. Like we do certain things that don't take too much work, like just sitting in the sauna for a good twenty, getting that good sweat in and going home and eating good. We find ways to, you know, make it work. And these okay. organizations have all this money and all these resources to, you know, help, help you, you know. That. Okay. But when you're in the game, you got to deal with that. You have to, you definitely have to watch it. You definitely have to keep control of it because, yeah, mm-hmm. no, nah, if you slip up, and like I say, undrafted dude like me, come back 20 pounds heavier, come on, bro, I'm gone. 
I'm gone. <laughs> if I can't go out there and do what I do the same way I was when I before I left, mm-hmm. and I get hurt, it's even more like, oh yeah, you, that's the weight you gain. Like it gives them a reason mm-hmm. to get rid of you, honestly. Gotcha. So hey, it's, hey, to each his own. That makes sense. Gotcha. Well, friend, I'll be hungry too, but you know, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> there is that. Listen, because so, you can't tell me that when y'all come home, y'all don't have no feast waiting for y'all. I know y'all got a feast. You know, I'm sorry. You know, we black. So, so I know y'all got a feast waiting on y'all when y'all come home. Around holiday season, man. It gets tough. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I eat a crazy plate. And go get on that scale and be looking like, I'm good for two days. I'm good. I'm good. For real. It's like that. I'm good for two days. Yes, I'm here for it. some good rice mac and cheese, you're going to be looking like, hold on, brother. You got to press the head like, look, I'm about to eat clean for like three days. I know Saturday I'm picking out. So, yeah, yeah that, that's what we do for real. That, that, I do the yeah. same thing all week. Good eating all week. Weekend, I'm going crazy. It's, well, yeah. I'm definitely here for it. I'm here for getting in a gut meal, okay? So, right. <laughs> all right. So, next question for you guys is What have been your biggest struggles with mental health and being a professional athlete? And how have you been able to manage them? So before you answer this, I know you guys have kind of answered this question. Um, And so if you're noticing any recent struggles with mental health lately, you know, let us know. Or if you're thinking about other players that are on your teams, if you've, you know, helped them out through mental health, that could even be something you talk about here, too. So uh, me personally, uh, recently, I'll say it wasn't a big mental health thing, but I did have um, a phase where I wasn't playing football. So that did affect me in a way, um, just because like I love the sport, I love the game. I know that I'm still capable of going out there and producing and things like that. So that little window where I wasn't playing football, I was still doing other things like, you know, like right, they say I like to work out and stuff like that. So I was still like training people and participating in things like that. But it's not football. Like It's not the same. It's not the same joy I got out of it. So that was a little down, down on myself about that for a while. But now that I'm back, even before I got back mm-hmm. on the field, you know, I was at peace. I got to a point where I was at peace. Not if I never played another snap, I was still gonna be good regardless because I already know what I've accomplished in it, what I've got from it, the life lessons I've gained from it, and now I felt like it was my time to give back. So right now, I'll, I'll say I'm I'm good now. Even even if I wasn't playing football right now, I'll still be good. Yeah. That's what's up. Um, as for me, the biggest struggles with mental health is just basically staying in the game, just basically knowing that you know. Being un- being being undrafted, it kind of set me up nice because like I wasn't picked. So like I'm grateful for everybody who gave me an opportunity. That's kind of how I see it. Instead of being like, I ain't gonna ever get a shot. More like, shoot, whoever gave me a shot, shoot, it's popping. Changing your mindset to that, you know, mm-hmm. that zone to where you kind of you look for the good in things. Kind of helped me overcome the struggles because everybody could have said, shoot, me get me getting cut from Houston was a struggle. But I wasn't really feeling like that. I was more like, thank you for the opportunity and appreciate you for letting me, you know, go spread my wings. So it's just a mindset thing that professionally, now that I'm a professional, you know what I'm saying, NFL, I haven't had many struggles that I can think of because, man, it's going fast. You're doing what you love and you got a lot of free time. There's no school. So it's like the struggle part mostly would be probably like playing time. But I understood my role, which helped me, you know, not have that, you know, that that thought of like, you know, dang, I'm not doing good enough. And then 
the the part about making everybody home proud, I think that's one of the biggest ones that eliminate people because that's what you got to go at at the end of the day. And, you know, being from Miami, you know how people look at you. You have homeboys, friends, family. They'll look at you some type of way and you know what that look is and you feel it. And then it'll become something that a lot of people do. So if you worry about that, you out of there. You might have a hard time fighting back. So me, honestly, I'm like, shoot, I switched my mindset to know that no matter what I do, I'm grateful and I'm thankful. So it's like struggles. What struggle? Oh, that challenge? You get what I'm saying? That that mental challenge, you feel me, that I overcame, that's kind of how I attack it. So struggle-wise, like you said, if I was done today, I'd be cool because I understood, you know, what I've done. I've accomplished what I've accomplished that many people haven't thought, didn't think I would accomplish. But like I said, we could think like that all day and be thinking about what people didn't think you could do. But I'd rather think about what I can do and the positive parts of it. So just changing that mindset. And like like you said, man, family is a big part. Family is a big part. NFL, they're going to tell you what they need to tell you. The trainers going to tell you what they need to tell you just to make sure that you're trying your hardest to work again. But you need people to tell you that real because, honestly, you're going to go out there and work regardless. But if you don't feel well in your head mentally, it's going to make work hell. Simple. But if you out there doing the same thing you're going to do regardless, but you tell your mama I love you before you hit the field, you tell your, your sisters, your family, your people, I love you before I hit the field, or just have that sense of gratefulness of, you know, good vibe, it's like, man, there's no more struggles. It's only challenges. You know what I'm saying? That's what it turned into. I feel like that also gives a different kind of sense of peace, too. You know, like, when you can shift your perspective that way. And I think, uh, no, Demetri mm-hmm. and I, we talk about being intentional about your mindset all the time on this show. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for that reason in particular, just even a, a word change, right? Like from it being struggle to challenge and acknowledging mm-hmm. that there are things to be grateful for, regardless of things that we are still desiring or things that, are maybe out of our reach for this moment. Maybe we're just not ready for those things yeah. yet and being grateful mm-hmm. for what we have now and what we have had. So yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. So next question, um, you kind of talked about it a little bit um, early on, um, buddy, about the type of resources that are offered to you all regarding mental health. Um, can you share mm-hmm. some of that? information with us and also why do you think most athletes don't seek help um for like most teams they have like this older person who you go to that's like your mental health person if you have any problems but like you know older people you know people in that in that role you feel free talking to them and telling them things and you could tell them everything but that connection you'll never really feel it mm. you could feel some i'm not saying for everybody but like if you tell your mama the same thing you tell a therapist you know she feel it. So whatever she tell you, you know it's real. Not saying the therapists aren't real, but most people is like, you're going to tell me what's good regardless. You're going to tell me about the life stories, but it's something about power within love. Mm-hmm. When you hear from the people you love, it's just different. You move different. Your mind think different. But when you hear from somebody who's orchestrated to tell you this stuff, and they're not telling you nothing wrong. They're telling you the real, but it's their job. Most athletes don't waste time on that. They don't waste time on that. They feel like it's a waste of time because it's an older person that don't really know what's up. That's how they feel. Mm. You don't really know what's up. When they do, mm-hmm. they've experienced a lot of stuff that we not, you know, we probably don't know. And they've heard plenty of stories. But that's just how we feel, man. And that's all that stuff is after work. 
Mm-hmm. We're not trying to stay out the work. Mm-hmm. We're there all day. So, like, extracurricular stuff, they're not going to go and do. Mm-hmm. This is not going to happen. They don't, you feel me? But if you could get them on the phone after when they home or something, maybe. But thinking they're going to stay after practice when they're ready to get back to their families and stuff and utilize mm-hmm. this resource. When home is the place that you literally want to go and be at, that's why they don't use it. But the people there, mm-hmm. they there. I'm not going to sit here in line and say they're not there. They're there every day. I've seen them every time I you know, went to the building when I was in Houston, even in L.A. But, like, in the Houston environment, which wasn't such a great environment from the outside, it's like we had good people inside that were willing to help you. But it's just something different when it comes from somebody such as family or somebody that you truly, truly care about. Because mm-hmm. what you get from them, you're going to feel it different. And I've talked to these therapists, but I've spoke to them just on the level of just like, you know, we, we're those we're speaking. Mm-hmm. And I understand. And I understand it. But I already know I've been around people who, if this man talked to them, they ain't trying to hear that. Mm-hmm. But if I talk to them, they're trying to hear it. So that's really the biggest thing. It's, it's, it's after work. It's extracurricular. We don't like doing extracurricular stuff that we don't have interest in. And especially gotcha. if it's something that's embarrassing in the sports atmosphere or you, you feeling bad mentally. That's how people look at it as men. It's like, you feeling bad mentally? Like, I ain't finna go to this dude. I'm finna go to the crib and vibe. That's, that, that's, the, that's the mindset. But like you say, the people are there. They made an impact on making the people there. But I feel like I push on, let's lift each other up. Because for some reason, it's like when you care about somebody truly and deeply and y'all work together, y'all grind together, and y'all speak about stuff, because it's more than you just going through that problem, it hit different. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say relationships is a big a big plus. But these 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 resources that are available, they're great resources. Mm-hmm. They're not bad resources. It's just that you got to understand reality in this era. Us, like we, we, we better talking to each other than talking to somebody that probably know the whole book. Mm-hmm. We respect each other more than respect the person that know more than everything that all of us know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I felt for me, just having a good base. That's why I'm so thankful for my friends, my family, those that's close to me. Because if you're going to hear toxic stuff, you're going to start thinking toxic stuff and you're going to feel that way. But if you're hearing positive stuff, you see that your dude that's not in the league still progressing. Like, how can I stop? How can I, you feel me? How can I slow down? Mm-hmm. So the mental point, man, it's, it's there. The resources are there. But like I said, it's after work. You done with work at three o'clock, you gone. You're not mm-hmm. trying to stay to work the four, trying to talk to somebody about something that you really want to go home and relax and go finally settle down so that's why i think the resources are not utilized at a high rate but they there but it just i feel like we work much better amongst each other and we, we, we respond better to each other than we respond to people that know it all and i understand that i i've come to understand that just by going back to these schools and talking to the young kids mm-hmm. they don't listen to the teachers but i come in and say the same thing as the teachers and they got the big eyes and i'm like okay and that's what I try to tell y'all about the the Super Bowl ring. It's the same feeling. So it's like mm-hmm. I've experienced this mental, I don't know how to say it, this mental, not balance, but just experience of like seeing the two ways that life can go or the two mm-hmm. thoughts that you can have, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And I just basically just kept choosing the good ones, the good thoughts, the positive ones, appreciating the people that, you know, do support, just appreciate the good stuff and like just ignoring the bad stuff, which honestly, it really don't matter because the more you acknowledge the negativity, the more you're going to bring it into your body. Oh, yeah. So I just honestly yeah. just completely just empty it out. I speak to the resources when I run to them, just on some like, 
uplifting stuff. And I just really do it with everybody because you just continue to keep your mind uplifted. Although if you go through hardship, it's going to get toxic. Mm-hmm. You're going to need somebody. But that's why I tell y'all, you need somebody you love. You need good friends, good family. Mm-hmm. These therapists are not bad people, but I'm just like being real with y'all. Like, who going to spill their heart out? And then leave them and they're going to hear somebody else's <laughs> story. So like, you know, we human. We don't think I about was, that. Yeah, so... Oh, sorry. okay. Yeah, no. I'm on to answer first. And yeah. Because <laughs> 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 I understand exactly what you're saying, buddy, but yeah. I feel like it's a different, it's a uh it's, it's a different layer something there. Else that we gotta add to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh personally, I feel like it's about who like mm-hmm. whose opinion do you really value, right? Like like Buddy was saying, I value my friends and my family's opinion, or their I'll take their advice a little more seriously or I'll, you know, flow in that direction versus someone who gets paid to do this, who's like, just looks at me. They're looking at the cover mm-hmm. of the book. They don't know the whole mm-hmm. story. You know what I'm saying? So personally, I feel like it's better to talk to my teammates, the people who are out there grinding with you. They done been through these camp days with you. You with them 75, 80% of the time anyway. You know, you see them, talk to them. You might know their family and things like that versus uh, going to see the th- uh, team therapist or the team doctor or the team psych or you know anything like that um like you said th- the resources are there but it's like nine times out of ten mm. they don't look like us they don't have our background they don't you know what i'm saying they can't relate to certain stories mm. and certain aspects of our life you know what i'm saying so if we had somebody that looked like dimitri friday in the locker room you know what i'm saying like that might help out a little bit, you know, that, that'll that give uh, people like us more of a space to be like, you know what, I feel heard now. I feel like I can talk to them because we have similar backgrounds. We have similar upbringings. They they can relate to things that mm-hmm. everybody else really can't. But like I said, man, it's if you value someone's opinion, I feel like you'll take heed mm-hmm. to their advice a little bit more. So Okay. All right. Appreciate that. So, do, you go first. So what I wanted to, <laughs> so what I wanted to say <laughs> is that um, <laughs> therapy is um, it's not a um, end all be all type of situation. And, mm-hmm. you know, in addition to therapy, what really puts you in a good place to, you know, find that balance and that that inner peace and is the support is your support system outside of therapy. So therapy, a therapist mm-hmm. is part of your support system, but it's not the same level of support that you get from your family and your friends because you constantly interact with them. But, you know, one mm-hmm. thing as, you know, both of you guys kind of talked about it a little bit, but what kind of stuck out to me is the fact that, you know, it might, part of the reason why, um, you know, athletes may not engage in those resources is some of the reasons that you all said, but also the fact that y'all didn't choose them. They were chosen right. for you. And most of the time, like out here in these streets, people choose their therapists. They choose people mm-hmm. who they can relate to, who they feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, like no, dis- not discrediting any of the resources that are available. And I'm glad that those resources are there. But at the same time, you have to understand that those resources may go underutilized if the team is not picking the people they want to work with. If you're just bringing these people in saying, hey, here go this person. And like you said, this could be an older person, probably never played football, don't know nothing about football. And how can I really lay it all out on the line to you? You know what I'm saying? And then at the same time, although there is confidentiality, you know, some people may think, oh, you work for them. So can I really tell you what I'm really feeling right now? Can I tell you that, you know, I might be, you know, performing well, but I'm, feeling sad all the time or, you know, I'm not feeling my best because you work for them. 
You know what I'm saying? But I think, you know, a big part of that for me that stuck out was, like I said, the fact that y'all don't choose those resources. They're kind of placed right. for you. So you're not even walking into a situation with somebody who you feel like you can even relate to. Mm-hmm. Yes. Retweet, friend. Retweet. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yes to this because I but, think that this... But I, I'm sorry, Rodney, but, you know, ahead. nobody can, can take the place of your mama. Like Tupac said, ain't no lady alive can take my mama's place. So I get that. <laughs> I feel that. But, you know... It's just, you know, therapy is meant to supplement your support system that you already have. Yes. Yeah. A, yes. Yeah. And, and like I said, like, if you go to work for six, seven hours, and that eight hours when you go to therapy, you clocked out. But I see, I, I understand if they gave it to us or gave us that option to do it within the time we had work, which is only 30 minutes or something, it'll be different. More people will probably utilize it and take that break to go holler at them, but the mm-hmm. fact that it's after work and you dead tired and then you got to get in the cold tub and do this stuff and then you got to go talk to somebody, you drain already. Mm-hmm. So you just going to be more drained when you're talking and you're going you know, to let them know. But it's more like that energy and that alertness that you need to, you know, express what you're truly expressing. At the it's end of the day, you're anymore. done. Right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all, it's going to be all, it's going to either be all negative or all tired or all bad thoughts because you don't even have the energy to think about the good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's within it. So. Yeah, it's like, yeah, nah, everything y'all saying, man, it hit. It hit because, like you say, man, listen to these people. They'll tell you that they work for you and it's confidential, but, like, we human. You gonna talk to somebody else, you got this story, but that's why I like to tell people, don't ignore these people either, because they can say one thing that can click in your head, that can change your whole perspective, and that's why I say don't completely ignore them, give them a shot. Everybody deserves a shot to, you know, see what they can do. But like I say, man, the bond within friendship and family, something about it that you can't even touch that these therapists mm-hmm. try to tap into. But they also do provide great intel that you might need to hear at the time. You might need to hear that you might need to try this out or maybe try this thing out that somebody else used. Because, you know, if when we limit ourselves, that's when we put ourselves in a hole. Yeah. If you're willing to open up and listen to other people, it's a great thing. And I spoke to them and I told them, like, when I be good, I'm good. And I see them during the week and I'm good, I'm good. I can keep going. But they be there. They be present. Mm-hmm. But it's just like that feeling of, man, I'm at work. And once I'm done with work, you want me to talk? I'm just trying to tell you. We being real. Come on, man. Six o'clock. We gone. Yeah. Seven o'clock. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get back to my people. They're going to get back to their kids and stuff. So just that mm-hmm. balance is like, it's always afterwards. We don't take care of the mentals before. We take care of it after. I feel like, shoot, we should start taking care of it. You good right now before we go to practice? Like, that's right. how I feel about it. Right. Gotcha. Check on people before they go into the work because that's when you get the most out of them. Or at least you know, you know, where they hear that. But mm-hmm. we do a lot of stuff after the fact. And after the fact, sometimes it's too, too late. late. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. After work, sometimes maybe before work because we in there early anyways. Mm-hmm. Give us a grace period or something. Or give people a grace period to go check on themselves or check on, you know, what you got to check on before you get after But Trying to get that in after what you've accomplished and after your daily duties, that's the least of your worries. Honestly, at that point, mm-hmm. you wake up and worry. At the end of the day, you're more like, I'm trying to relax. I'm trying to get over the worries. So to talk about it again at the back end, that's been the toughest part, I think, for most people. Gotcha. So let me ask this before I say, you know, what I wanted to put out here. Do you, when you guys look at like team resources or therapists, is there usually only one assigned to the entire team? Basically. So, so then I also hear what you're saying too, with like also wanting to lean way more on support 
uh, family, friends, and anything else, like personal support. Because Mm -hmm. if there is one person that you know has to hear from everybody on your team, how how many people are on your team usually? It's 53-man roster plus 10, so it's like 63. It's about 70 now because it's like extra. So 70 70 to 80 people got a chance. And all to talk to this one person. That feels like one overload for a therapist is one. Like I'm going to tell you all from a therapist's point of view, if I had to see – if there was an opportunity for me to have to see 70 people and for one team, I know I will be at burnout. I will be like, all right, mm-hmm. what's up? What you want to talk about? Cool. But you got to be real. Let's, got to be real. Right. It's a conveyor belt at that point. But you got to know. You're going to probably get five. No, no, no. I get that. But what I'm getting at is, mm-hmm. is that like, if I'm looking at a seven, if I'm looking at, there's a likelihood of me having to treat 70 people. I'm already going to be like, okay, let me, let me see what's going on. Let me, this puts me in the mind frame of, I think as a therapist of safety, right? Are you at imminent Mm -hmm. risk? Do you really need to sit down and really talk to me? And really what kind of work can we do? Because. And it's funny because I got something for you. It's funny because like, I feel like they got to taste us to engage in convo. Mm-hmm. Like you see how we got a therapist for seven people. I feel like the therapist got to go chase the people for them to come to him. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. So you feeling like, all right, I got seven people that could come into me that can come to me and like ask for resources and stuff like that. But it's really like, I got 70 people and I got to go find a few out of to the talk 70, to who the five that need. Right. Yeah. They, they literally be trying to make contact and convo because how we roll, we just we in and out. We trying to, you're trying to do your so job. Like, <laughs> I got mm-hmm. you. Yeah, and yeah. Listen, not even, you know, professional athlete and I'll be ready to clock in and mm-hmm. clock out. Like I'm, I get it. Exactly. <laughs> I 100% get that. And so the other side of this, you know, just as Dimitri was saying is acknowledging that we are not the end all be all for support. And we recognize that. And we also, we don't usually, and I don't want to use the word condone, but we don't encourage that. We don't encourage that we are only support ever. Because mm-hmm. the way, the support that we offer is completely different than the kind of support that family friends will offer. We are offering right, a yeah. different safe space using specific techniques to overcome certain challenges, certain um, trauma history, right? Like we are, mm-hmm. we don't do that with our family. I'm not the therapist for my friends or my family members on purpose, Definitely right? Not. And right. <laughs> so it's, it's the creation of a different safe space that can be, that is tangible, so to speak. And for some people, they will use that, you know, let's say if you are spiritual or religious, right, they'll use that safe space as church and they'll use a minister, they'll use, you know, pastor, whatever, like, and that is, mm-hmm. I think, recognizing one, some of the things that the profession can be doing differently, like you guys are saying here, which is acknowledging maybe we need to have these conversations before practice. Right. Maybe we mm-hmm. need to have sessions and check ins before practice or um, on bye weeks or or whatever that looks like. Just mm-hmm. making room for it in a, where you can actually receive the help and the tools and the resources. 
So I think that's I think that's an amazing way to acknowledge one of the biggest mm-hmm. barriers there. I think another thing is they probably need to be bringing about not just one person, but probably a team of ten <laughs> people that. that specialize right. in certain things because things that mm-hmm. I specialize in, such as marriage and family therapy and working with personality disorders and all of those things, mm-hmm. Demetrius specializes in something different, right? My uh, our other friends specialize in something like you know sexual trauma, right? So we're mm-hmm. able to offer you services that you need and you know where to go for them for those specific things. And you know what I mean with consistency, with efficiency, Mm -hmm. all of those things matter. And also, and also to put black people, people of color in those spaces Mm -hmm. to help you feel more comfortable. What I'm hearing from y'all is most of the athletes black anyway. So (laughs) with that being said, why I want to talk to somebody that looks like me. I want to talk to somebody that Mm -hmm. understands my generational history, my generational trauma, the things I would Mm -hmm. deal with on a day-to-day basis, just by the color of my skin. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Mm -hmm. just all of those things I think really matter. So yes, thank you to all of those things that you all had to share with us. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I just think that, you know, ultimately it's 2022 representation matters. Mm -hmm. It matters. You know, we're not in a place right now where it's like, oh, okay, then we just go to whoever's available. Like, no, I need somebody who looks like me, who understands me a little better or has a different level of relatability than someone that they may choose. And for the most part, you know, with organizations, they choose people based off credentials. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you know, what's your credentials? Where have you worked before? Not the fact that, okay, if 90% of our organization is African-American, why not bring in resources that look like the population that they're serving? Right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, not to say that, you know, who they chose, you know, for the team is not effective, but at the same time, me and Rade, we good. We good at what we do and we Mm -hmm. look like you. So we probably nine times out of 10, like when Rade was saying it would get overwhelming, it's because we are more likely than not, not going to have to chase y'all down. Y'all going to be more willing and more open to come to us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's mm-hmm. why, you know, I agree with Rade. Like, y'all need a team. Y'all need yeah. more than one person for sure. <laughs> and I said 10 people, but honestly, in my head, I'm thinking like 15 or 20, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> just be honest. But on, like, and it's because, you know, the kind of work that we do, we're intentional about that work. And mm-hmm. I know for even, let's say me and Demetric, right, when we're working, we're not just looking at, like you mentioned, uh, Trent, the cover of the book. We are going mm-hmm. much deeper than that. We are creating relationships that feel spiritual in a sense, that feel like I can trust this person because I can understand too where they're coming from when they're speaking to me. They're individualizing my experience, right? Mm-hmm. And they also mm-hmm. understand my collective experience. And that looks mm-hmm. different coming from us versus an older white man that may be presenting themselves as your therapist. Exactly. And like me, like I was raised by a single mother. So I know what it is for a father not to be present and knowing that you have to make it like it's not an option. Whatever your journey looks like, that's mm-hmm. up to that's unique to the individual. But the 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 core, the thing that the commonality is that we have to make it. Mm-hmm. There's no nothing other than we have to make it. And it's different, especially for a black man, because mm-hmm. there's all different types of forces coming at us that we can't control. Right. You know. Okay. All right, y'all. So we've been rambling for a bit. So let's move on to the next. <laughs> we've been discussing. I don't feel like it was rambling. We was discussing. No, definitely not a ramble. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and a little editor's note here to 
friend, you said like, oh yeah, you know, like we're good. We're like amazing. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> all right, so, well, all right. I want to be a little humble. You know? Okay. Humble. I didn't say that we were extravagant or perfect. <laughs> I said amazing. <laughs> all right. Anyway, we're talking about this good energy. Why not? Let's say, let's embrace it. Okay. Anyway. So guys, next question here is if you could offer advice to college or professional athletes regarding mental health, what would it be? I would say don't let your pride get in the way. Mm. That's what I that's what I say. Cause it's you know, we like he said earlier, we're supposed to be Superman, we're supposed to be macho this, macho that. People act like they good all the time. How you doing, bro? What's up? I'm good, bro. Just, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Cool. Like you know how it is and I can mm. What's up, bro? Ain't nothing, I'm good. Are you really good? Though? Right. Like, I feel like we gotta swallow our pride as athletes and as human beings, mm-hmm. you know, and find somebody to talk to. It could be somebody that look like us. Somebody that might not look like us. Like, find somebody. Somebody. Everybody needs somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody want to be on this independent wave. I don't need nobody. I got me. Like, nah, like <laughs> at, at the end of the day, you need to talk to somebody. Bro. Right. That would be mm-hmm. my message uh, to anyone else. I, I did have a teammate commit suicide while I was at Cookman. Mm-hmm. And, I like, we didn't see any signs of it. So, I wish, like, he had somebody to talk to or he mm-hmm. felt like he had somebody to talk mm-hmm. to. You know what I'm saying? So that would be my message to athletes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Check on your people. Wow. Really check Definitely on Definitely check on okay. your people. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, um, well, I guess more so clients because I'm not my family and, and, and friends therapist, but I used to say, I'm like, okay, like, how you doing? How you been since the last time we checked in? And he's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm like, is that automatic response or is that really how you doing? Right. And I've even gotten to a, a place where I put up feeling words on the screen. I, so I'm going to need you to go through these and tell me what's been going on since the last time we chatted. And then they give me like five or six, you know, feeling words. And I'm like, okay, but you okay though, right? I'm like, you see the difference between automatic response and what you really what you been really going feel. through. Right. And that's what we're here for. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, totally agree uh, with what you said, Trent, about that. Like, talk, whether it's someone who looks like you or not, find somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. Before you to answer, buddy, I think, you know, for anyone out there that is thinking about ways to check on your people, when you ask them how they're doing and they just say, okay, good. I mean, you can just be like, no, no, no. How are you really doing? Right. Check, mm-hmm. check again. Uh, because that mm-hmm. feels different. Feels very different. Okay, buddy. What about or say you? Or say how advice? you feeling. Oh, yeah. Um, as for me, um, advice. First thing, like you said, pride. Can't have too much pride. That's probably one of the biggest things that knock a lot of people off is having too much pride and feeling like they can't reach out for help. Secondly, their relationships in college and in, in the NFL because when you at work, you at work. And you need somebody around that'll make work feel like fun. Make that the, the outside problems kind of go away for a little bit because you mm-hmm. got to go to work. Like that's one thing I noticed that a lot of people try to bring that onto the field. You can't mm-hmm. really do that. That's not the best for your teammates. That's not the best for you. So building relationships to where you could talk to some of your teammates real in the moment, it may practice mm-hmm. smooth because mm-hmm. you still stay in your zone. But when you're sitting there to yourself and you're quiet and people see that something wrong, but you ain't really got no good relationships or you don't feel comfortable letting somebody know something going on, that's when you start to you know not feel like yourself and not being, having fun, not feeling comfortable in your environment. And then another thing I can say, man, spread love. I think if you're in those environments where you spread in love, no matter what happened, you will never feel like you're struggling or feel like you're in a hole or something like that. Although it's going to happen. It could happen. It happened to me. I was spreading love the entire time. But, you know, college athletes and professionals, man, that's all you got. 
football going to end one day. <laughs> the people that you, you know, build those relationships, that's the stuff that yeah. you remember. Those are stories that you tell. Yeah, we have plays and all, but it's specific people that you remember during these plays and these moments that when you call their phone, it's like, hey, what up, man? How you doing? You get that mm-hmm. automatic good mm-hmm. feeling. You know what I'm saying? So I believe, like, relationships is a good thing. Pride is the number one thing because that's a lot. That's the thing that stops us from becoming as great as we want to be because we have too much pride to to open up, which will unleash a different source of energy within us that will help us elevate ourselves. Pride, relationships, and love, man. And I say love because I feel like nine days, that's something that's mm-hmm. not praised. That's mm-hmm. something that's not, you know, right. praised amongst each other as friends. Like, mm-hmm. I love my homies. I love my dogs. Like, we don't hear that too much. Or if we do hear mm-hmm. it, it's kind of phony. They just saying to say it. Like, what do you put forth to it? So having love for people and just, you know, having pride and being grateful. That's the fourth one. Being grateful. Waking up and knowing that me at least being able to put my cleats on, I'm already winning. If you could think like that, there's no way you can really lose. Because you won before mm. you even started. So for the college athletes and the professional ones, man, continue to love the people around you. Build great bonds with those that you go to work with because, shoot, y'all got to go to work. So I'd rather go to work having fun with somebody that I can trust, love, and I'll go to war with, regardless of the matter, than to go to work like I'm all for myself. I got to do what I got to do for me. I'm telling you, it don't last that long when you work like that. When you work for others and selfless and try to make your energy effective towards everybody else and lift them up. It's a different vibe than when you by yourself and you're the only dude and you fighting for your fight for your life mm. within your team. That's why we play this team mm. sport because we love working with each other, but we lose sight of that because we glorify yep. the single mm. individual stats. So for, for those dudes, man, no matter what, even ups and downs, find something you're grateful for. And I believe if you got great relationships, great relationships and you love the people around you, that stuff will expose itself early before it's too late. And then you kind of get in a rocky situation because my teammates knew quick that I wasn't feeling well. But me knowing that they kind of worried about that kind of helped me like, okay, mm-hmm. find a way to get right. But if you're quiet and you don't have no relationships and you're just quiet and they don't talk to you in the re- anyways, you're going to be suffering mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. Because you got nobody who can really tap you out mm-hmm. of that. Like, hey, yo, buddy, what's up? You good? Oh, yeah, bro, I'm scared. I'm tripping. Like, you, we need that as humans. We need that alert to you know wake us up. So, man, like I say, man, like he said, you got to be grateful for sure. Pride, put it to the side, and be willing to learn. Willing to learn and accept stuff from others because nowadays <laughs> everybody knows how it's supposed to be. You know, for real. something I heard from you just now, and then something I heard from both of you, the huge thing I heard from you, buddy, was vulnerability. Create a, just being you. And being able to mm-hmm. not be afraid to be vulnerable about where you are is what will really be helpful in these circumstances, whether you're a professional or college athlete. And then together, I really heard you both talking about what we call interdependence, which is that moving away from that independent mindset, you know, having things for yourself, of course, but also recognize that we, be- we belong off of thriving. We belong or we thrive off of belonging. Sorry, I said this backwards. But like, we Mm -hmm. have to work together, you know, and be a part of each other's lives and be intentional about doing that in order to make this progress that we want to make for ourselves and together. So, yes. Yeah. Okay, well. And and another thing, it's funny that you say that because 
I've been speaking to like little schools and stuff and speaking to the kids and those are the ones who mm. try to expose you. And that's what I kind of learned. Like these kids are bold. They're going like, I'm going to undraft the dude. Right? They look for me on Madden. Like what's your rating? I'm t- like, they try to embarrass mm. you. And I know there's a lot of people who they're not going to take that from <laughs> no adults. So kids, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But I've, I've got to that point where I'm comfortable. Like I know, you can say I'm a low rating, but I'm on the game. I find anything to like mm-hmm. show the grateful side of mm-hmm. whatever situation it is, and that's what we turn. That's the terms we have as adults and men. How are we gonna, you know, be soft to the next man? And that's why I say, unless you love him, you ain't gonna care. But if you don't love him, you ain't gonna show the vulnerability. And like I said, I got a couple teammates that man. We don't group some great bonds to where I can see the look you know in their face and know what's up. So it's my job to. Come on, bro. I got you. I'm going to pick you up just by being goofy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to make you laugh. And that's the type of person I am. So I've understood. I've understand it. I've been on both sides of the tree. And like I said, man, one thing we do got to start spreading is love. Because if you got love amongst each other, dog, it's so hard to, like, mm-hmm. bring you down. It's so hard to bring you down. The only person that can bring you down is yourself. Because you know everybody around you want the best for you. At least in your mind, you're thinking that because you love these people. So you will hope they love you back. And the people that love you, they want the best for you. So it's like, yeah, just got to be you, man. I think that's what's helped me the most is being me completely. So I'm comfortable no matter where I'm at. Listen, right. I hope y'all heard that. Yeah, Give that was a whole love to word receive right there. love, honey. Okay. <laughs> That was a whole word right there. So I'm going to put a pen right there and we're going to go ahead and transition (laughs) (laughs) to um, our therapist hats off Q&A portion of the podcast. Rodney, you got the first question. Yes, I do. So guys, I'm going to read the first question. Demetrius and I normally answer. And then if you guys have anything to add, feel free. Um, Actually, friend, I was was thinking we would switch it up and we would open it up and let them answer it. Start first. That sounds even better. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> All right, y'all ready? So, guys, here's our first question here um, from a listener. I've played football my entire life, and I feel like my career is over. What can I do to deal with this? I feel like I don't have anything else that I'm good at. Mm, okay, that's a good one. Um, As for the career, man, if you feel like it's over, Shoot, that's one thing about the sport. It don't last forever. But you can still enjoy. You can still watch. You can still give back. Um, Going back, being around kids, motivating others to do it. That's how you can keep that good feeling in you, you know, so you don't feel completely mm. abandoned by the sport, staying around it. Some people like to get completely away from it till you cope with it. But honestly, man, there's kids growing up every day. It's people that need help. It's people that want support. So mm. staying around it is something that I feel like, you know, for some people it might work. and just trying to stay like in tune with what you're doing. Find something that, you know, that's why I say be around friends. You kind of find what you're good at. You mm-hmm. find what you love. So that's that's one of the things that I feel like if you're in that space where you don't know what you want to do, which is a lot of people nowadays, I feel like you should, you know, just continue to live life, be around people you love and try to find something around them that will take you above. Because doing it yourself is going to be kind of hard to manage. You know what I'm saying? Because if I ask you what you want to do, you're going to be like, I don't know. If you be around people that you love and people that you care about, it'll be easier to find something that you truly, you know, mm. appreciate. You know what I'm saying? So try to be around people that you can help you be around people that you love that can help you grow instead of trying to be by yourself and figure this out. Mm. I, uh, just to piggyback off what he said, I would say the same thing. You know, find something to me. 
find something else that you're good at and then tra- help make that transition to making it something that makes you money. For instance, like with me, I love, I love, you know, working out. I love fitness and things like that. So after I'm done playing, I can either go into the coaching side or I can go into the fitness side. So personally, I would just say, keep, keep going. Don't, uh, don't stay down the dumps too long. I know that we think we're going to play this game forever, but things do happen. You know, injuries happen. Some people just don't get that opportunity to go to the next level. So find, find something that you're good at and just take advantage of that opportunity. And then hopefully down the line, they can make, uh, make money off of it and um, turn it into a career. Wow. Great answers, that was some great guys. advice Thank from you. both of y'all. I don't I really have, have anything. Thing, by the way, I, yeah, I don't have anything yeah. to add to that. The only thing <laughs> I would say is just to echo Buddy and Trent is just don't go inward. Don't turn inward. Don't isolate. Don't just shut down from the world. Reach out to your friends. Reach out to your family, your support system, and, and let them love on you. And like Buddy said, then you may actually, it'll be easier to figure out what's next. And then you got, and then like Trent said, turn it mm-hmm. into money. Facts. <laughs> you know what Facts. I'm saying? Facts. Like, if, you know, <laughs> listen, we love what we do and we get paid for it. So that's a whole different level of, 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 um, of a blessing of, of being fortunate yeah. is to actually get paid to mm-hmm. do something that you love. And we yeah. know sometimes it's not always going to feel, yeah. we ain't going to always love it, but for the most mm-hmm. part we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we feel good after we're done with our day's work. There's that. <laughs> Oh, listen! I love I love the therapy part. It's Got the you. damn paperwork. I hate. No, oh neither, my god! That's me. That's me. The here, there. Like I'm, I'm cool right. with my clients. Like it's that oh, paperwork. Yeah. Right, right. Oh my god! <laughs> if I could so, just, I literally have been thinking about getting a scribe, but you know, another time. I've been thinking All about right, that too. On. But yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> next question. Uh, my boyfriend is a professional athlete, and he seems stressed all the time. How can I help him? I'd say uh, it's a couple answers to that. Um, <laughs> Wait, before help. you answer this, I want to be nosy because, you know, we get to do that on the podcast. Are y'all single? Because maybe the people oh, want to yeah, know. Y'all did. Uh, y'all did. Y'all did just put y'all social media handles on here. I'm right. just saying. So, so they just need to know if the girls get a green light or not. Okay, Trent. Trent gave y'all the green light. <laughs> All right, right. Slide in the DMs ASAP. We got you. Please do. I can't oh. wait to hear the stories. I'm going to talk about y'all on the show. I just want you to know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just messing with y'all. But you really not gonna tell us? Hey man, <laughs> so, <laughs> look, that sounds like, like that. Nah, listen, man, you need, you need advice, all that. I'm cool, man. I'm coming here. Listen, you gotta understand what you're looking for. I got it. I get you. I get you. But that sounds like low key. He trying to say that somebody <laughs> it may be something brewing, but it ain't solid. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe <laughs> he just not. Saying. So pretty much, I'm a <laughs> you know on her behalf. I'm gonna say y'all mind y'all business and stay out my friend inbox because he good. <laughs> Unless you need some support, <laughs> right? That's it. <laughs> some advice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I ain't gonna lie to that to that question. Honestly, man, because I, you know, we have a lot of times when we go home and we sit down, and we just be quiet. Like, we be, we be chilling. And then we go home, we be trying to find something to do or, like, figure out something. We just be moving because 
maybe work ain't going as well. Or maybe work wasn't as, you know, exciting as usual. So I'll say just, you know, for her, know her boyfriend, know what he like to do, know what he know his vibe and just make sure shoot when he come home that his vibe is ready. You know what I'm saying? That his vibe is that he ain't gotta really look for what he wanna do. It's like kind of set up to well, all right, bro, you you got your food, you got dinner, you can do what you you feel me? You done working. You can sit down and relax. And most of the time, being a young man, being in the NFL, we kind of try to do everything ourselves. We try to continue to get food and all that stuff. But that stuff that, man, once you leave work, you you will hope not to think about. And a lot of these dudes do have families and stuff like that with kids. So a lot of them got that to go home to. And, you know, they're not single and they're not just, you know, home alone and stuff like that or just with a girlfriend. They got families that they got a routine already. They got something down packed to where they know when they go home, this is what's going to go down. But, you know, you got people out here who just, you know, living. Day by day, young, don't know too much, don't really do all that cooking. Got to kind of figure out what they're going to you know, do when they get home, what, is, what we going to do with this, how I'm going to recover and all that stuff. So for her, man, find his vibe and make sure when he come home for work that you just can have his vibe ready and continue to, you know, shoot, spend good time with him. I don't think talking about work is the best thing because sometimes once we're done with work, we ain't trying to talk about that. We're trying to get our mind out of that, especially at this level and in the, in the professional level. Talking about it is not as the, I ain't gonna say it's not good, but it's like, we good. We got the money, let's go enjoy. But in the college level, you gotta talk about it because you ain't gonna escape it like how the NFL is. And you're not getting paid for it. And shoot, you looking to go to the league, but that's everything is not promised for everybody. So for her, man, just, you know, try to give him some peace. Don't question him too much about what's wrong because half of the time we don't truly know. Mm. We just be messed up, but we don't know what's wrong. So, just try to bring up the good thing. Try to bring up a good vibe. Try to bring up something that'll make him smile and motivate him to like kind of not think about what happened at work. And I think that's the best thing you can do because trying to find a solution, man, with this business, it's too tough. It's too tough. I'll be honest. Like I'll probably be feeling this way one day, and then the next day I'll feel a whole completely different other way. And to expect a woman to know exactly what to do to adjust to each move, come on, man, be real. So the best thing I can say, the best advice I can give her is, hey, man, if you like the game, you like to eat, have the game ready, have the food ready, have the tub ready for him to take his bath when he get home. So he can just get in his routine and kind of get into his zone instead of being coming home loafing, trying to do everything himself, tired, worrying about what happened at work. Try to make him come home and not think about his work as fast as possible. I think that'll be the best answer I can give you because once you're out of that zone and you kind of get back to family, you got to be present. And so, some of us kind of bring that work energy to the house and that's what you got to kind of drop that off at the door and that's why i say the people with family you can't do that mm-hmm. with your kids i ain't got no kids i can't be moping you know what i'm saying but people with kids you got to put on that hey so that's their way of coping with it but as long as the wife or the, the loved one is doing everything so that when they come home they don't have to really do too much i think that's the way to cope with it and help them out to not be so you know so it sounds like y'all coming home hungry as hell that's what it sounds like to me hungry and tired <laughs> Hungry and tired. You just be tired. Hungry and tired, honey. And then if you're trying to talk, I ain't really trying to talk right now. I need like an hour to relax. Then I can talk. Let me bring it back down. I mean, that's That's realistic. I even think about, you know, our work, we... As soon as we done, we don't want to talk. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I... But you got some people like, if I haven't talked to you all day and then I come home, I got to talk to you. So it, it'll look like I'm right. like, feel me, I ain't trying to talk to you, but I'm really just mm-hmm. trying to decompress. But you feel me? That's why I say you got to know know your personnel, know who you're messing with, 
And just by the way we walk in the house, you can kind of tell the vibe. You can kind of tell. Just by the walking to the house, you can tell the vibe. So just be attentive to like, you know, the moves. But if you're not trying to talk early, don't don't be too don't don't be trying to force mm-hmm. it. You know, just let him vibe. He'll talk when he's ready to talk. That's kind of how we are. We've been pressed all day, told what to do, doing assignments. So we come home, we trying to talk. Let me just slow it down a little bit. And then when he feel like he's able to talk, you feel me, let him talk. But like I say, try to get a dude to where he walk in, he has no more assignments that he have to accomplish. Because that's all we're doing at work all day. Gotcha. Each assignment, weight room, on the field, with the coaches, mentally, physically, that's all we're doing. So when we come home and it's time to get back into the 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 the, the talking battle, it's like, ah, we could slip up. We could might say something that we truly don't mean just because we came mm-hmm. from work. And we taking it out on the loved one, so that's why I say it's it's cool to let a dude com- decompress because you don't want you don't want him to take out that bad energy out on you. And sometimes we just need like a thirty minute hour or whatever refresh hour just to get all that off. And then it's like, okay, how you doing? How was your day? But some people got the you know some people want to rush it and kind of feel like I gotta fix it now. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes most athletes they just need to settle when they get back into their comfort zone so that they can you know expand again. I'd say uh, just help help be his peace when he gets home like when he comes home like like you said like the outside world like either i know he's a professional athlete whoever i'm um, asked this question but just think about if you were to come home what would you want like from a long day of work right you don't want to come home to all this commotion all this bickering back and forth you want to come home and be at peace because you done dealt with the outside world all day so like mentally when we get home we tired mentally we tired physically we're not trying to go back and forth with you. We're actually happy to see you, even though we might not show it all the time. You, you're the relief, uh, you know, of our day because now, you know, it's it's kind of like chill, laid back time when we've been pressed so much all day. So I say just be be the peace, you know, like, um, be make home home. You know, when I come home, just I get to relax with you. I chose you. You know what I'm saying? So I say just it ain't that. Don't think too deep into it because then you're gonna overthink yourself. Not both of y'all minds racing. Not everybody mad. So <laughs> I say just simplify it. <laughs> simplify it as much as possible. Just make home home. Okay. Yeah. I ain't got I mean, nothing. Me neither. <laughs> I think I think that, you know, these answers are realistic. I think they're real. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're one sided, if I'm being honest with you, because I think like anybody could feel this way after right. a full day of work, you know, and mm-hmm. acknowledging mm-hmm. what when you're stressed from work or feeling overwhelmed from work and just to have mm-hmm. support. I don't feel like that's too much to ask for so all right y'all so all right fam it is time for our earth lesson and earth lesson for this week is regardless of the profession consider everyone to just be as human as the next be kind be intentional and always give space to address mental health respectfully a melanated therapist all right fam so remember follow us on instagram at respectfully mt and send your questions and topic requests to respectfully mt at gmail.com I want to say thank you so, so, so much to Buddy and Trent for joining us today. Yes, Would you guys yes. like to share your like social media handles and with listeners again? I go first. Instagram, CG Savage 8. Um, Twitter, Gregory CG. And yeah, we look. <laughs> uh, IG at Forever 2 Live. Uh, Twitter at Trent Day Event. Follow me. Uh, I might follow you back, just depending on who you is. <laughs> and just what for the record, that? just for the record, Trent gave y'all the green light, but he did not. 
Get, buddy gave y'all a full stop sign, okay? Red lights, okay? <laughs> Don't get in his DMs. You just gonna be blocked. All right, anyway. Until next advice. time, fam. Okay, all right, y'all. <laughs> until next time, fam. Peace. Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. therapist.